Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your reward. Again, promo code B-L-E-A-V. That spells BELIEVE. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a co-host for the podcast, a reporter and an editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. Josh, probably not the week you wanted to have the last week, but we're looking forward to a better week this week with USC and UCLA. What's going on? What's on your mind? How are you feeling, buddy? Time to, you know, finally time to come home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it that was a that was a tough weekend of football overall. But I mean grateful to be in the position I am. Grateful that UCLA is in the position that they are. Things could be worse. It could so, be a lot worse. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. You've been through you just football wise. You've been through worse. Yes, <laughs> I've been yeah. And this is a great week to excel. So mm-hmm. time to turn it around. Yep. I mean, that, we thought we thought the the, the last game was going to be the game that we were worried about. Yeah, man. It and just going to UCLA, man. I'm just like Arizona. I. Arizona came in there and just took their lunch. I did you did you watch it live? Did you did watch it live? Yeah. Did you turn this one off early? I don't blame you if you did. No, I watched, eh, maybe I watched not, it. Maybe not. Right? I watched it to the end. I had to. Yeah. I thought I thought I was like, oh, we're just gonna turn it up at the end and it's gonna be a dub. Mm-hmm. We just ran out of time. Can't it don't always work that way. Okay, real quick, your thoughts. We weren't we're not gonna spend too much time on Arizona because there's there's a bigger game ahead this week we got to talk about. Um, do you think if Bobo would have made the catch at the end, he would have even been in bounds? I don't think he would. My whole thought process on that last drive is, why are we going to the end zone every single play? We could have yeah. made it a more manageable play, just kept, you know, mm-hmm. getting quick ones, you know, good catch, go out of bounds. True. Just have a sh- you know shorter place. So I don't know why we kept just trying to hug it to the end zone, but I mean there was still a chance. I don't know. Yeah, we talked to Jake Bobo during media availability today, or not today, but earlier this week, and we and I asked him, you know, because I remember in high school they was used to say if the ball touches your hands, you got to catch it. 
And and as I started saying it, he kind of repeated it. He knew he knew what I was saying. And 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 he and I asked him, is that one going to stick with you? He said that one's going to stick with him for a while. And I think it's going to, you know, light a fire and not only him, but but the guys this week, uh, they want to rebound. And there's no better way than to rebound than USC and UCLA this week. Um, again, just talking to the guys, they're not really, you know, they're I think Jake Bobo said it best. You would be talking about turning the page a lot more if this was any other game, but because it's UCLA versus USC, you don't really need any motivation or look to, you know, turn the page. You know, if you can't get up for this game, if you can't get up for this game, then what are you doing? Right. Like then what, what do you, what are you at UCLA for? What are you at USC for? So um, I, I think the Bruins will bounce back pretty strong here. Um I'm just kind of curious on your thoughts. I, I guess I'm surprised they did that. The bonfire uh, rally pep rally thing on campus early. I thought they did that a little later in the week. I guess it's Thursday already. Um, what what goes on with that? Can you walk me through some of that? Some of USC week. What, what kind of goes through some of that with the festivities and whatnot? I feel, I feel like you can feel the energy just around campus. You know, you have uh, the statues being boarded up. Oh, yeah. I forgot about you that. Have- <laughs> you have some frats uh around them around the clock protecting them mm-hmm. that's right and um yeah the energy is different on campus i think as a as a whole uh what else like the bonfire mm-hmm. um is the bonfire and the pep rally thing where all you guys are on the stage is that different? Yeah. Are those two different things? No, it's 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 the same thing. It's all the same thing. I don't know okay. if they did the the fire this year, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it was kind. Of, it's been kind of windy out here, so maybe not. Because there's been some times where there where it there hasn't been because mm-hmm. of like I remember the year where um there was fires going on. Oh yeah, because out of respect, they, yeah, they're like <laughs> yeah, like we're not gonna have it this yeah. year. But, right, right. Um. Okay. But I mean, it's always it's always fun. It's a time for, um like the coaches and the players to like the leaders to talk to the students, you know, get everybody hyped for the game, mm-hmm. just like the energy kind of, you know, like high school pet rally, like that type of, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like that pride kind of going through it. Um, they injured, I'm pretty sure they introduced some other, some other teams and like has some other things going on before. And then us at the end, right before they light it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what um yeah. what um you know there's always talk tra- trash talking and, and and sometimes the media is always like is there trash talking that goes on between the two teams um and i guess i was no different because i was about to ask you that but um I- i'll tell you what dorian said dorian said he he's ready to put 60 on them boys again is that kind of a too bold of a statement i mean they got the offense to do it use usc's defense is in a can very easily kind of give up 40, 50, 60 points. Um, if I think this is going to be the best offense USC has played against this season. Um, what, I'm sure you'd be a happy camper if they put up 60 points. But what do you think about a statement like that? Um, especially if you're someone on the defense who's like, wait a minute. <laughs> 60 points means they might put up 60 <laughs> points the other way or something. You know what I mean? Because they got Caleb Williams. They got guys too. Um, and we'll talk about Travis Dye here in a minute. But I'm just curious on your thoughts on uh, – on um, UCLA and DTR saying we're going to put up another another 60 points on them. I mean, if you put a statement like that out, you got to be ready to back it up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they better come with it. Like you said, like 
USC's defense hasn't been that good. I mean, other teams have been able to put up points on them pretty consistently every week, uh, and their games have kind of come to an end. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm expecting to be a shootout. Like I said, with Caleb Williams, another you know Heisman candidate type guy, mm-hmm. one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Uh, Lincoln Ryan's offenses are always usually able to put up points, and it seems like his defenses are usually a struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. it should be inter- interesting because um, Chips faced Coach Grinch's defense before, so he kind of is familiar with it. Where would that have been at? At Washington State, Oklahoma. Um, I'm pretty oh, sure he, he watched when he was at when he was at Washington okay. State. Yeah, because uh, coach, yeah, Coach Manning, um, who was with us Chip's first year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if he's coaching. I saw Limer is coaching corners at USC. Um, but again, some more familiarities. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like other teams, other schools have been able to put up points on USC. I think I think uh you I think Caleb Williams did he just barely throw his second interception or something like that? I think he may have just barely thrown his second interception. But the thing the thing I think this game is gonna come down to, Josh, is I mean, both offenses I think could score sixty points. I just think it's gonna it's gonna come down to who's gonna make the one turnover, one who's gonna who's gonna either throw the uh, costly interception, who's gonna fumble the ball. But also, what defense is going to take advantage of that opportunity and give that extra possession to their offense? I think that's what the game's going to come down to. Do you? Hundred percent. I mean, it, it could come down like I don't know. I feel like there's always a special teams play in the US UCLA game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some type of trick play or some type of you know critical down or you know mental error mistake that can steal a possession. Like we like we talked about the same thing with the Oregon week. Like them stealing that. That position on that middle dribble, like gave mm-hmm. them that momentum and swing. Um, fortunate for us, it's a home game, um, yeah. and with the with the stadium being sold out and the stadium sold rocking, sold out, the energy is going to be up there. And hopefully, that we can you know use that momentum for us and not you know guys aren't going to be out there nervous or anything like that because I mean I don't think they really they haven't really. I mean, some guys might might have got a whiff of that energy last year, the LSU game. Mm-hmm. But like, this one might be a little different for them. Oh, it's going to be a lot different, just because it's you know. I mean, obviously the U, uh, LSU game was a big deal. I think it was like sixty three thousand, and that one I remember writing about was near capacity. This one is seventy is going to be seventy thousand and some change. Um, they're removing some tarps, not all of the tarps. Um, and if you want to be among those 70,000, stay tuned and maybe it will be you because we're giving out some tickets here at the end of this podcast. Obviously, um, if you're aware already, you should be aware already. We tweeted it out. Uh, both Josh and I have retweeted that and we will be sharing the winner here at the end of the podcast. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, Josh, it's going to be a little it's going to be a little different, too, because the last time USC and UCLA played in the Rose Bowl. I was the only one there. Not really, but like there were other reporters too, but like it was a pandemic, it was a pandemic season. No one was there. It was just USC's team, UCLA's team, you know, both team staff and and trainers and everything else. And then us in the press box. Other than that, there was no one there. And do they do, do they do fake crowd noise? Uh, yeah, they were probably doing fake crowd noise. I think. Was the band in there? 
No, nobody. We the the audience, the attendance was the media people in the press box, you know, everyone who works in the press box and Fox or whoever was there doing the game that way. But the seats were like the attendance, like literal attendance was zero. That trash um, talk was loud. It was. And I think they actually in that um I think Ben Bolch mentioned that too. I think the DTR and them like or no, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, because I they kind of almost got into it, I think, at the end of the game, too. <laughs> because that, it was a good game, and it came down to, like, the last possession. And I think USC mm-hmm. came out on top in that one, if I remember correctly. Obviously, UCLA got the best of them at the Coliseum last year. Um, but I do remember that one. Um, it was just awkward. But now it's like a full 180 of, like, now it's um, technically a sellout as they call it, obviously some people complain about it because it's not a hundred thousand people, but very few stadiums are selling out a hundred thousand uh, in any stadium. Um, yeah. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, one, I, I'm curious to know. Um, I want to get to Kaz Allen here in a minute, but just real quick on Travis Dye, obviously a narco guy an IE guy. Um, one, do you know him at all? And then two, did you see the injury? Um, did you see the love and support that he kind of had around him when he did get injured? Um, I don't know him personally. No mm-hmm. of him. No his brother. Um, I I was not watching USC game, but I immediately saw Twitter. Yeah. Everybody showing love and support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've seen recently like the posts of his career being over at uh, USC. So I've been seeing those type of posts and like, yeah, like I said, the continual support and everything like that. And um you know, pray prayers up for him. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a tough way to end your college career. Mm-hmm. Um, like his first year at USC being back home, you know. Being a guy, um, like a leader for them too. Like it like I mean, you could say Caleb Williams is is kind of like the the heart of the team. And I, I got this, I think, off Sirius XM, so I'm not making this up. Like it's not like I'm creative enough to come up with this, but they're like Travis Dye is kind of like the soul of that team. Like he embodied like everything. And it was just interesting to see how they kind of rallied around him so much so that even who do they play? Was that Washington State? Or I forgot who they played, but even people Colorado. from that side, Colorado, Colorado guys were coming over. Um, that's right, because the Colorado interim coach came over too and like said something to to Travis Dye and stuff. So I just thought that was kind of interesting and worth noting because I think maybe that might be a difference in the game. But just going back to Arizona real quick, Josh, <clears throat> one thing that stuck out to me, and some people have made the case that even off, even on offense, he would have made a difference. But I'm looking at Kaz Allen and him being out. Do you think he was maybe a missing? And this is not a knock on the other returners um, that had to fill in for Kaz. But do you think Kaz Allen as a returner was missed in that Arizona game as far as maybe setting up field position, things like that? I mean, I'm not really going off of stats, but I'm just I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Like, I don't remember that ooh wow play or something where someone's literally because normally Kaz Allen's getting tackled by like his shoestring on at least one return that prevents a touchdown in, in a few games this year. Um, do you think that's kind of missed? That was kind of missing that Arizona game, just him being able to kind of put it at midfield for the offense or something. Because if you give that offense midfield put the ball at midfield to start a drive like you, you're gonna get something you can get some sort of points right i mean i i don't i mean of course kaz is gonna have impact on the game you know just a electric 
player he is and just his speed and what he's able to do when he has the ball in his hands. But I wouldn't say that was the reason they lost. You know, no, what I'm of course not. Of course not. Like and the the offense still, you know, has the capability of driving it mm-hmm. 80 yards to, you know, score. Yeah, Zach Charbonnet doing what what he does. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So no, I think it, it came down to defense and uh creating stops and getting off the field. You know, that ultimately, you know, keeping the quarterback in the pocket. That was that was a big struggle for them, you know, and then after he's broke the pocket, he's looking down the field and making passes. So for the DBs, just, you know, staying attached to um, your man when the play breaks down, that was, you know, a big struggle. Similar, I remember um, Sam Darnold was really good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that for playing the SC game. We could not – we had some of the best pass rushers, you know, UCLA's ever had with Carson McKinley and Deion Hollins, and they were just – it seemed like they just weren't able to grab him and he's able to extend the play, but he wasn't extending the play to run the ball. He was sending the play and looking down the field and making throws. And I saw mm-hmm. the same thing with um, Delora uh, on Arizona. And I think, you know, it's so frustrating as a defense when, when, you, when something like that's happening, where it's like every time you think you have him, he gets out of it and there's somebody open, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, and does that kind of chip away at you over time? Like as a defender, where you're grab, you're getting his jersey and he's still getting away. Like you're just inches from from reaching him. You're a fingertip away from getting him, bringing him down for a huge loss or something. Like by the third quarter, you've already had like five opportunities to do that. Like, are is it kind of draining? Is it kind of getting to you? Like, yeah, it's definitely demoralizing and frustrating as a defense mm-hmm. because you know you're thinking we're getting off the field. You know, put on the effort in to try to make these plays, and then, I mean, you know when. When a when a drive keeps going on, you know that that weighs down on on as you as a defense. You getting you know tired, longer drives. At least you know for the D line get a rotate, but for the DBs, you know linebackers staying out there and plays are longer. You know you're you're covering more ground on a play if that makes sense. You know, and you're literally running in circles sometimes, right? Literally, like it was times where it's like yeah, Latu Latu and the Murphy twins are literally like yeah, running probably like. Um, like 30 yards in hash total to hash distance, almost yeah 30 40 <laughs> yards total this is trying to chase him down yeah. and then he's always just you know continuing to get the ball off so um i would look to the pass rush and being able to contain Kalen as being a big thing this week mm-hmm. that that's a huge thing this week because i you know people for as elusive as jane delora is doesn't necessarily get any easier with Caleb Williams. I think that's that's the biggest thing is is one he plays a lot of mistake free football. There are times where they do get him, but I feel like it's so far and few between. It's almost like for every five times you almost had him, there's one time you got him. But then it's like they turn around and do something uh, special on the next play that kind of overwrites whatever kind of loss you put on them, right? So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's not only gonna be a physical battle but a mental battle as well and how those guys can overcome that and look past that and I think they're you know a lot of teams say it but I obviously covering UCLA they say it quite a bit but it's one of those things where you have to cut you have to have a play by play one play out of mind mindset and and just kind of let things develop um each play and not look too far ahead or not too far back at the play or a miscue um is there any other matchups or any other thing you're worried about? Actually, before you answer that, 
you have Charbonnet go for what was 150, 180 yards and three touchdowns. If you, you if you if if someone tells you your running back is gonna run for three touchdowns and 150 plus yards, that you would think that's a win, right? You would think that is a dub. And we've we that's been the that's been the number over 100 yards for Charbonnet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Year. They came um, into the season or up to up to the Oregon game. They were 11 and 0 when he was over 100 yards. Then they lost the Oregon game and you thought, "Okay, that's Oregon, okay." And then they do it against Arizona a couple weeks later. That's a little frustrating. But man, it's just hard it's just hard to see, you know, especially when he's coming off of a a game off the week before where they were kind of resting him because he was getting 198 yards in two of the three games prior to that. Um, man, it's kind of like you're, you, I don't want to say you're wasting him, but you're like, you know, he only has, he only has so many, so many carries in him in a, you know, in a season and we're getting near the end of the season, but I don't know. It's just, you, you got to take advantage and capitalize on, on what he's doing for you. And I think thankfully, if you're a UCLA fan, you probably already know that, um, USC is like 90th in, um, yards allowed per play, I think, um, in when it comes to the run defense. So um, this will be another good game. I think Charbonnet is going to do his part. It's going to be a matter of what the offense does. They're going to have to make those big catches and those big plays um, and keep that defense honest. But also it's going to be on the UCLA defense for me. They're going to have to kind of um, step it up and turn it up a notch. Now, Bill McGovern, not there again this past week. And then he has not even been at Pratt. He was not at least on Monday and Wednesday when Chip has talked to the media, when the media asked, he's not even there. So again, we're not sure what the situation is with Bill McGovern other than it's an illness. Um, it's unlikely he'll be back this week. But yeah, they. I think I think they kind of miss him. And obviously uh, they didn't have Devin Kirkwood wearing a cast of some sort, I think on his left hand, if I remember correctly, left wrist, left, left wrist, left arm. Um so yeah, they didn't have him out there, but I don't know. I I, I think they're they're gonna have to get something done to stop Caleb Williams. I know it's not gonna be easy, but something's gotta happen if they want to win this game. A lot of people kind of have UCLA as a favorite, and while UCLA is kind of bumped out of the playoff picture more or less, um, UCLA can kind of pay that forward and and bump uh, USC out of that playoff picture as well. They're currently number seven um, in the CFP rankings. But just in general, I think UCLA, there's so many tiebreaker situations. And I, again, I've mentioned before, it's a headache trying to read through all of them. Um, But I think the one thing I do know is UCLA needs to win this game to continue to be in the mix for the Pac-12 title game. Um, I think at the end of the day, they need Washington State to beat Washington, uh, which might be a little bit of a big ask. We'll see. Um, Anything can happen in the Apple Cup. But if you're a UCLA fan, that's another game you need to keep an eye out for is I from what I've read and seen is you need UCLA uh, or you need excuse me you need Washington State to beat Washington and Washington's playing confident and hot right now they beat Oregon uh, something UCLA wasn't able to do and it made me the first when I saw Washington beat Oregon and I know that's a rivalry game and things crazy things happen in rival rivalry games is man they they are beatable and that's a, that's a game that UCLA should have won um but yeah, anything else? Any other matchups? Any any other kind of players that you would want that you want to see kind of kind of lead the way for for this victory, potential victory here over the Trojans? 
I mean, I think his offense just got to put up points to be consistent. Uh, you know, the third and fourth down efficiency last game wasn't good enough. Yeah. Uh, that needs to be, like I said, higher. I think with SC, I, I wonder how they're going to play it. I don't know if they if if they load that box up to stop Charbonnet. It's going to give a big opportunity for Dorian um, mm-hmm. to dice him up. I mean, what he did, he needs to do a repeat of what he did last year, pretty much just com- complete total domination. And then, like we said, defense. Defense got to make stop, create turnovers. That's just been a, a struggle, I feel like, a lot of times. Like I said, early on, it was cool being a bit not break, but these past <laughs> – it's it's been a lot of break lately. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So. I feel like a lot of that kind of aligns with McGovern. I feel like him being absent. Um, obviously he was there for the Oregon game, but I just feel like after that, like I don't know. There's it. I, I don't know. Like I'm not surprised. I mean, I mean, play calling. Yeah, I mean, play calling is a is a. I feel like it's a certain skill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where in a it really determines your style of defense. So. And especially because they're in their first, like, because they're in their first year, so they had installed something. And it's more or less, like, if Bill McGovern's the head of that, and it's so early on that a lot of the other, like, he has the keys. It's kind of like he has the keys to the defense. And if he's not there, you know, the defense is not going to start or operate in the way it should be. It, I mean, they're getting, they've gotten some mm-hmm. turnovers and stuff, but it's just, like, maybe he's that difference that, that you know with this defense especially because it's so early on in in its transition um from one coordinator to another um to another i'd be interested to see how much he's involved still with um game planning and film breakdowns and like yeah how much he still is involved Mm -hmm. i mean like i said we don't know what what uh the illness is yeah what exactly it is but like is he still yeah like help break down film is he still implementing what he what they want to run Mm -hmm. uh installs for the week you know it's been interesting because he kind of has been he's at least been in the meetings on mondays he's kind of maybe been in the offices or at practice but it's like maybe on game day it's just a little bit different or i don't know and obviously he's in the booth but so now you have uh clancy pendergast who used to be a, a coordinator i believe at usc um but yeah i think it's just the fact that he hasn't been there at least two days early on in the this week um, and by him, I mean, Bill McGovern makes me wonder like, yeah, what is um, what is this defense going to come out and look like? But um, yeah, as we kind of get ready uh, to wrap things up here and we'll be announcing the raffle winner here shortly for the two tickets to the sell- sold out game for USC UCLA. Um, uh, any. It, would you. Is this a game anytime you've played or, or been a part of the game? Uh, you know, in the meetings and stuff for game week for USC UCLA, where you know everything you see on film is not what's going to be presented on game day. Like, is there always going to be a new wrinkle in a rivalry game, regardless? Is that just always bound to happen? Is it like I said? Is it time where there's probably going to be, you know, unscouted looks and a trick play? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what goes into it. it's it's win by any means necessary. But that's I mean, that's every week though. Of they're going to have unscouted un, unscouted looks. You know things that you haven't expected, but at the same time, to a T, for majority of the game plan, this is a game so late in the season. Uh, yeah, their character and you know overall mm-hmm. what they do is is pretty consistent, and you should be able to see it through the, through the weeks. Um, but I mean, like I said, there's gonna be one of those plays where it's like some some exciting, some type of trick play, whether yeah. on UCLA, USC, special teams play. But that's what that's what rivalry game is all about. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. 
I'm telling you, Sam Marazzo. That's that's my that's my dark horse player of the game. He's gonna come through with some sort of touchdown or something. They're gonna do something. Um, favorite um, memory moment from the USC UCLA rivalry, whether it was a game you were a part of, something from the past, um, anything about this this rivalry that kind of stands out to you. Maybe even if it's not something related to the game itself, but maybe something at, at the the rally or something like that when you're with Chris Barnes and Low Kenny or somebody just any any memories. What's the first like memory other than the game itself that comes to the comes to mind for you um for USC UCLA? I think just playing in the game. Mm-hmm. Um you know growing up a SoCal kid, you know, always watching on TV, just seeing like the energy and like wondering what like what it's like to be in that and then being being um on that field, in the Rose Bowl, in the Coliseum, and thinking about all the the legends that have mm-hmm. you know came before and done this, it just you it feels special to be a part of. And it, I mean, it, the game is always just fun, no matter what. Like, um, majority everybody knows each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whether it be like growing up playing in high school, you know, going through the circuits, camps, all that type of thing. Like, majority everybody knows each other on a mm-hmm. almost on a personal level like you know what i'm saying yeah so at the beginning of the game you know it's trash talking but probably by like the fourth quarter everybody mm-hmm. joking like for the yeah. for the most part like <laughs> like uh, like unless it's like i don't know because yeah eventually that trash talk kind of kind of fizzles out and mm-hmm. it's love but it's by the end of the game it's love but like leading up to it in the beginning of the game like right homies are not homies <laughs> But, but I after, mean, after after it's 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 slow, but I feel like that's football. Can homies still be homies after like the score, the result of what last year's was? Like, can you still be homies with someone after DTR hurdled a dude, signed an autograph for the for the like? How how can you see? How can USC like? If it, I'm saying I could not be like smiling ch- after, but that. a lot of people are like childhood friends, like yeah. you know what I'm saying, where it's yeah. like it's like you you playing against like almost like your cousin or something where right. where um you know it it doesn't it's not as personal mm-hmm. at a certain point but i mean everything else is you know it's we don't like them throughout the year mm-hmm. as a school you know that type of thing but right, like personally right. just the like brand the itself guy. the colors yeah, 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 and everything yeah, yeah. it like, stands like for right that. but uh, you know if you had friends at a, at a at a rival high school Mm-hmm. And your friends outside of the high school, you still gonna be friends. You know what I'm saying? It's it's that. Yeah, no, I get no, I get you. Um, no, that that's a good point. I think the interesting dynamic with it this year is because there was so much turnover, um, like in guys coming in from the portal from USC, and then you have guys like Bobo, um, obviously Charbonnet's in his second year and stuff like that. But it's kind of like there's so many transfers, and it was funny because Bobo's like, Yeah, this is almost like the Duke North Carolina rivalry in a way. Like everyone grew up together and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like no one really hates each other. (laughs) He's like, no one really hates each other. He's like, but the fan bases, he's like, that's where the that's where the real like kind of heat is, right? Because they just go back and forth all week and and stuff. And there's been a lot of that on Twitter, obviously. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's all good fun. It's football. And um I know I'm just thankful that I get I'm able to, I know it's not Thanksgiving week or anything, but I'm thankful and grateful uh, to be doing this for a living, uh, getting paid to watch and talk about football. And Josh, you being able to to kind of make a career out of it, playing football, talking about football now. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're both 
grateful to be in the position that we're in. Um, any final thoughts before we we kind of announce a winner here? I mean, I I think the one thing I'm excited about is like this: how much this game is going to matter. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been times where, like, even I said, like, games I've played in where, I mean, the game didn't really matter. Like, it was fun to be in the rivalry, but, like, mm-hmm. we were out of it. Or, the, like, you know, lat, like, they were kind of out of it. You know what I'm saying? Where yep. the game really didn't have any any weight beyond the game. But, like, this year could determine the Pac-12 championship and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen. So, uh, just excited for the boys to have an opportunity to, to do this in front of the home crowd and, like I said, our the goal is to the goal of winning the Pac-12 championship. So mm-hmm. no matter what happened last week, got to be one to know this week. Yeah, I think that's the thing that happens when you you win so many games and you put yourself in a position to where, you know, you suffer some late losses early, but you're still in the mix. You allowed yourself enough enough um, room early on that you you allow yourself to still be in a position regardless of of a slip up. And I mean that stuff's gonna happen. No one goes undefeated. Uh, and the Pac-12 conference um, with the slate of games and the teams and the balance in this uh, conference. And well, Josh, with that said, we do have a winner. Let me go ahead and pull up the name here. Um, I had it here a minute ago. Actually, one second. Here we go. We did it through a randomizer. And uh, here it is. I got it right here. The winner is Victor Cruz at FIFA Champ 10 VC. Victor Cruz, congratulations. You will be headed to the Rose Bowl for the sold-out game between the UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, supporting the show. And again, congratulations to Victor, who will be out at the Rose Bowl, much like myself. I'll be providing updates uh, and everything as the game is going on. I'll be there before and after the game, obviously providing the latest with reaction and fallout uh, with the Trojans and with the Bruins. And we'll see where things shake out and whether or not the Bruins will still continue to be in the mix for the Pac-12 championship game and much, much more. Uh, But yeah, it's a big week for football. And again, thank you guys for sticking with us. Again, make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at JHW Reporter. You can follow the show at Believe UCLA. This podcast, the Believe in UCLA football podcast, was presented by Bet Online. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.